The Green Bay Packers host the Houston Texans at Lambeau Field on Sunday, but can they carry momentum gained to make it back-to-back victories? We'll ask Justice Cleveland, sports director for WEAU. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against the Houston Texans on Sunday. To do that, to help us preview the game, we have a guest joining us on the line today. Expert interview. We have Justice Cleveland, sports director for WEAU in Eau Claire, which who covers the Green Bay Packers games. Justice, how you doing this morning? Very good, very good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you on the show. We got a lot to cover today, and let's start with uh, the face of the franchise here, Justice. Uh, should the Green Bay Packers be worried if Aaron Rodgers is limited for an entire game? Because we saw something a few years ago when he had his calf injury as well. Now he's got the hamstring. I think they should be a little bit worried. I mean, obviously, I think the most important thing is his mobility and the fact that he's been chased out of the pocket plenty of times this season. It seems like almost every play, pass play, he's chased out of the pocket. And if he's not going to be that mobile, you're you're definitely going to have some trouble there because he's also a vital part of your running game. He's been pretty much the running game up until the last couple of weeks. And I think they're saved a little bit by the fact that they actually have James Starks back and they've established a little bit of a running game on the ground other than him finding openings when he's scrambling. So I, I definitely think it's, it's going to be a cause for concern and against this Houston Texans defense that can get to the quarterback. They're a, they're a tough team to, to do anything against. And if you're uh, not going to be at 100%, he's going to have to be almost a strict pocket passer. And with the health on the offensive line also being a question, it, it definitely, I think it's a cause for concern because he might be uh, under attack a lot more than, and we've seen in the last few weeks. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that hamstring, that, or excuse me, yeah, that hamstring injury, it's going to be a, a little worrisome for that Packers offense. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers officially limited in the uh, injury report by the Green Bay Packers uh, on both Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have more on Aaron Rodgers later in the show. But, Justice, you kind of brought up the running game here, and I want to dig into that a little bit more. What do you think the Packers running back rotation should be like after seeing James Starks kind of getting the majority of the snaps these past few weeks and, and Ty Montgomery and Christine Michael playing in just bit roles, uh, you know, in Philadelphia? Uh, how are they going to kind of take this pressure off Aaron Rodgers for being the leading rusher out there? Well, you'd think about this time of year, we'd usually have some snow or start getting a nice chill in the air, but I don't think it's going to happen by... Sunday, but I, you would like to see Starks take the majority and maybe start getting more to a ground-based offense a little bit, but obviously the, that hasn't proven to be very effective this whole season. 
But with Starks being healthy and what we've seen in the past of him, yeah, I would like to see him take the majority. But you can't rule out the Ty Montgomery factor. I like them thinking outside the box and doing some more creative plays and using Montgomery in a different change-of-pace role. And still, you're talking about a guy who was a receiver primarily up until a few weeks ago, about a month ago, when they had to force him to be the backup running back. So I still like that change of pace and what he can do out of the the backfield. And as for Michael, I mean, we really haven't seen what he can do for the Packers. And they've put him in for a couple of times. And a lot of these guys that they've brought off the street or off the practice squad really never have gotten a chance to show anything because either they get injured right away or they get released. So... I still think it starts, and then you got to factor in Rutkowski, the way he's been running the ball and grounding it up the middle. He's, he's proven a lot to, I think, a lot of people watching him out there, that he he was the rightful successor to John Kuhn, and obviously John Kuhn is going to be a, a Packer legend. We'll be talking about the crowd chanting his name for a long time, but Rutkowski shows he's got a little bit of that, that grit in him to, to get that extra yard, so... I think the running game compared to a month ago, I mean, it looks a lot better, but obviously we talked about Rodgers being limited. They're going to have to step up and do a lot more against a very tough defense. Yeah, good point about uh, Aaron Ripkowski running the football. Looks to be one of the better fullbacks in the NFL with the ball in his hands. Uh, but let's talk a little wide receivers here. Um, Justice, if I, if, if I asked you to rank the Packers' top three right receivers, like number one, who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. How would you rank them? I think this is an interesting little exercise. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been something that's probably been evolving this whole season. I would, right now, I still think you got to put Jordy Nelson as number one, definitely because of the experience that he has and his, his background and what, he, what he's doing. And he's still, you know, as much as he's maybe not breaking away for the huge plays anymore, he's still catching touchdown passes, and that's what you need with, the guy who is your number one receiver. But Devontae Adams, if he keeps at this pace that he's been playing the last couple of games and you're finally seeing that potential of his come out, I think he could be right there as, as you know, the co-number one because he's starting to make those big plays. And, you know, he was very inconsistent uh, the earlier in the season in his career. He's battled injuries. But if he can keep playing the way he has, making catches, and him and Rodgers look like that chemistry starting to get there, then I put him at number two. Number three is a tough one because I would like to put Randall Cobb there. It just doesn't seem like Randall Cobb right now has that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. And even when he gets a chance, he's he's had some inconsistent play where he ends up dropping and he's battling injuries as well. So I would actually, I mean, I think Derek Cook has probably moved up to that number three spot. Obviously, he's a tight end, but as a receiving option, the way that he's opened up the offense as well has kind of changed the dynamic. And having a tight end who could be a playmaker like that has been has been huge. Yeah, I, I certainly couldn't blame anybody for almost any any way they want to rank them. It's it's just interesting to get people's thoughts. I think their own opinion on on how it stacks up. Um, before we get to the defensive side of the football, one more question about offense here, and, and this might not have any impact on the game this season, but just it made headlines this week. What did you did did you like the Packers bringing back quarterback Joe Callahan? Uh, after his performance for them in the preseason? I think it was a, it's a good idea. I mean, I think depth at any position is a good thing. And you have a guy who was out there in the preseason for a long time was taking the majority of snaps, so he has the experience. He knows the offense. And we've seen a couple years ago when the Packers uh, had to bring Flynn back, Matt Flynn back in off the street that what a guy with some experience in the system can do if he's forced to take snaps. So 
I think that's great. I think depth's been an issue for this team the whole year, so why not? You know that Aaron Rodgers is banged up a little bit. Hundley's, you know, he had his injury going on in the preseason, so having a third guy in there is, is never a bad thing. And we've learned having a third guy can be very important when it comes to linebacker, when it comes to running back, and I think QB being your most important position on the field, you, you, you need to have that depth. This is the NFL, and you know, with, with the concussion protocol and the injuries, it, it's a different day and age. So having three is always important. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, when they first released Joe Callahan, they've gone without three quarterbacks ever since that time. A little bit of a risk, but we're talking to Justice Cleveland, sports director at WEAU in Eau Claire here here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, Justice defense now. What do you think happens with Clay Matthews? Does does he go back to outside linebacker this week, or do do they play wait and see with guys like Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez still nursing injuries? I almost think they have to do the wait and see. I mean, it, it it's going to be tough. I mean, injuries, especially at that position, they just keep piling up and piling up. And I almost think it it, it changes from play to play, down to down. We saw that. Uh, on Monday night, I mean, they, they had to, you know, even bringing up guys from the defensive backfield to come in and fill in that linebacker. So I, I don't even know if Clay Matthews probably knows where he'll exactly be once that game starts up. I, the problem is they have, you know, they have guys off the street that barely have played any NFL experience. And you have guys like Clay Matthews who are battling injuries. And then you got a guy like Julius Peppers, who's more of a, obviously a pass rusher than he is a coverage guy. So I think the linebacking court, and I, you know, we always had to talk about the cornerbacks and the defensive backs, but I think having that linebacking core just get thinner and thinner has been one of the main reasons that teams have been able to just come off and get big running games and get big passing games against the Packers. So if Matthews is hit, is healthy, I think you move him around. I think you play him where you think he's going to be the most effective on that play because with, with the injuries to other guys and the depth being so thin, I think you need to use your best player if he's able to play at 100% as much as you can in different positions. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Nothing set in stone at this point. Who's going to play and who's not? Uh, but in the secondary, uh, Justice, in the is it finally going to stabilize now that they're getting some players back and getting healthier by the week? They, you know, they got back to Marius Randall last week. A few weeks before that, they got Quinn Rounds. Is this going to stabilize? You hope so. I mean, Randall. Keeping him on the field has been a big thing. And, you know, again, he's questionable with uh, that groin injury. So <laughs> who knows what you're going to have. But I think the other thing is just getting some experience for these guys that they've had. And it kind of goes the same thing I said with the linebackers. When you have guys that have, uh, that were, you know, off the street again, practice squad guys that have been forced into action in the NFL. So uh, there's only so much you can do with so many of those players and expect to uh, be competitive. But yeah, you get the guys that are the core guys back. And I, you know, I think a lot has enough hasn't been said about the play of Haha Clinton Dix back there as being, you know, he's still only a couple of years in this league, but he's he plays like a true, true veteran. And having him back there, you don't hear his name a lot for the mistakes, which is what you want to hear from a guy back there. But you know, he's making the plays and he's there around almost every play. So having him as the stabilizing force and then starting to get these guys back, I think they, you know, they should be getting better because at some point it, it couldn't get worse than it was. I hope not for that game four game losing streak where there was just it looked like mass confusion back there <laughs> uh all right uh looking specific specifically at sunday's game here against the texas do you, do you think it lost its luster at all with with jj watt being out kind of the wisconsin native played for the university of wisconsin 
Oh, I, yeah, I, I definitely think it did. I mean, obviously, uh, as much as people probably like Brock Osweiler, it, it doesn't have the same mind with Wisconsin as uh, J.J. Watt or any Watt that would come back there. So especially with the fact that you'll have the Badgers playing for a uh, Big Ten championship the night before and if they win it there, and then you have his brother on the team. There's so many little storylines. He's a conquering hero coming back home and, you know, the family members that he would have had in the stands as well. So, yeah, I think it definitely lost some luster. But it doesn't make it any easier. Probably not because that Texas defense has still been pretty stout. I don't know how it is, but I feel like I've watched like 20 Texas games this year, even though they've only played, you know, how many they've played so far. But they seem to be on TV a lot, and I've seen a lot of them on defense. You, you know they have their stats. Offensively, now, it might, what might work into the Packers' favor, though, is that they don't throw the ball as much. So I think, you know, having J.J. Watt out, yeah, it loses the luster, but doesn't make it any easier for the Packers. Yeah, all right. So what's what's going to happen on Sunday? What's your prediction for the game, and you think how it's going to play out? Well, I, I see the Texans being able to get to Rodgers a little bit more, obviously, with that injury. And if he's not able to scramble out as much as he has this season – it's, it's going to come down to the line, and obviously the line still has the injuries. If you can get T.J. Lang back, obviously you need that. J.C. Treader. I mean, anybody who's got experience on that line, you're going to need him to protect Aaron Rodgers. So you hope that uh, that that's able to happen and Rodgers isn't getting attacked on every play. Uh, now, I think that Packers defense, and we talked about them solidifying, I think they're going to be able to get to Osweiler a little bit more. And as I mentioned before, they don't throw the ball as much as well. They have DeAndre Hopkins, who is a weapon, and, the Packers got to make sure to stop him from getting behind their defensive backs. But I think in the end, I think the Packers coming back home, they looked like a different team last week. If they can keep that look that they had, the confidence they had out on the field, I think they can grit out like a 24-17 win. I just think they're riding that momentum, and they got to keep it hot because there's really no margin for error at this point if they want to make the playoffs. Justice, b- before we let you go, just just in preparation for the show, I, I went to your Facebook page and, and couldn't help but notice the Tecmo Bowl previews you do before the games. <laughs> what well, what's the story behind that? Oh man, when I was uh, so this would be about ten years ago. I used to when I I worked up in Marquette, Michigan for a couple of years, and you know you're up in Marquette, Michigan. It's long winters. You, you find definitely different ways to entertain yourself. So I started just. I started with just the actual classic game, just like Don Mikowski as the quarterback, and I would simulate each game, and I'd just do a little write-up. Well, as technology advanced in those few years, they started making a online a version of the game that has the updated rosters. So I started doing this a preview every week with the uh, with the Tecmo game, and now I, it's come to where I do uh, play-by-play over the uh, play-by-play, but I narrate the highlights <laughs> itself. While I get the, you know, we get the prediction from Tecmo, who, and Tecmo has been very pro Packers this year, which has made it struggle a few times, especially during the losing streak. But I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's a classic game that I think anybody in my generation grew up thinking, you know, before Madden, it was Tecmo. And one of the one most fun games to play, great gameplay. And it's always fun to see if you can get a play matchup against, you know, something that actually happens in the real world. And we've seen Tecmo come back with Bo Jackson doing those commercials now so it's not a forgotten game and I, I i like to think that i was there on the on the bandwagon before it became popular again did, did you do sunday's game yet already or or still still waiting to do that i'm still i usually do it on friday that's okay. what I, I come down come down to my basement throw it on and and record it so yeah it's it, like i said it's, it's a lot of fun and i think people get a good kick out of it seeing <laughs> 
what what the computer says is going to happen. <laughs> Sounds good. Justice, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk some Packers football this morning. Greatly appreciate it. We'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Anytime. I've had a blast. Thanks a lot. Okay, very good. Thank you. Justice Cleveland, sports director at WEAU in Eau Claire, who covers Green Bay Packers game. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. Just one housekeeping duty here before we get to the news. It, it, it's really small and simple, and it doesn't even almost ex, you know need explaining here. You've probably figured it out by now. I, I know I have. It took me a little bit at first, maybe because... I'm always on the other side of things, never really looking at the Packers, you know, cheeseheadtv.com homepage during the show. But those of you watching the live edition, you notice the new new edition, new uh, look for live stream. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, it's here to stay. It's not going to go back to the old fashioned. Uh, nothing really big about it. it it just looks differently you if you want to chat you're gonna have to click the little uh little bubble there and uh that's about it so uh the chat integrations there it might be a little hidden to you at first just got click the little bubble but that's about it uh just looks a little different is all um but that's okay um it, we got to live with it it's it's not going back it's 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 not a cheesehead TV thing. It's a live stream thing, and if we want to use their service, uh, it's going to be that way. So, uh, but it looks cool so far. So, well, we'll see uh, how it goes. But all right. So, getting to Packers news here. Uh, first, an injury update, and, and it's worth noting here: the Green Bay Packers didn't practice at all on Wednesday. And we'll see whether that was the right move or not. It, it came as a mild surprise given the short week of preparation coming off the Monday night football game. But obviously the choice was made to give an ailing roster time to rest. Um, so starting with Aaron Rodgers here, they've decided to give him a lighter workload this week to ease the strain on the hamstring. Uh, Brett Hundley, the backup, has taken a few more snaps in practice, but there's been no indication Rodgers won't play on Sunday. You have to imagine uh, there's going to be more shotgun and pistol formations as part of the game plan as they try to limit Rodgers' mobility as much as possible. So, you know, when, when he's under center, that means he doesn't have to drop back. He's kind of already set up when, you, when you're in the shotgun, when you're in pistol. And you know what, the challenge, you know, when they incorporate that kind of thing into the offense is, is probably more, how do you run out of those situations rather than pass? Um, we'll, we'll see how much Rodgers is limited on game day. And really, it's really hard to look into the crystal ball and tell that right now. This This was not a severe injury to begin with. It's totally possible Aaron Rodgers is back to normal or at least, you know, 95% back to normal where, you know, he's able to elude the pass rush and may not be quite as fast, but, you know, nothing you'd really notice. I, again, it's it's just tough for me to tell right now. I don't think we're going to find out till till Sunday. I don't think you're going to tell anything from a practice environment. They don't let the reporters in there to see it any, you know, any appreciable amount of practice anyway other than you know just some 
individual drills and things like that. They kind of kick them out when they go to the team things. Uh, so we'll find out on Sunday here. As far as the inside linebacker situation goes, the Packers got some good news this week when their injured trio, uh, Clay Matthews, Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez, they all practiced on Thursday. Uh, albeit they were all in the limited category, but at least they were out there practicing. They they weren't in the did not practice category, so that's a good thing. Um, you have to imagine, you know, Clay Matthews, he played through the injury this past week, the shoulder injury. Jake Ryan, he was on the bubble of playing in Philadelphia. They decided to withhold him, but you know there there was even thoughts he would play last week. So you got to imagine he's going to be even closer by this Sunday. And then Blake Martinez, I'm not really sure what category he you know how close he is to returning yet. You know if he if he's back this week, that was only one game missed. Is is that too quickly for him to return? I'm not really sure. Maybe he's kind of in the same boat Jake Ryan was last week where maybe they, you know, kind of give him one more week off. We'll see, but at least they're making progress there. Um, you know, can I thought the inside linebackers played well uh, in Philadelphia considering the situation really Joe Thomas was the one who stepped up and, and really held down the fort there. And, and kudos to him. I, I mean, I've been tough on, on Joe Thomas, you know, for quite a period this season, but he had a good game uh, against the Eagles. So um, if, if he just continues to, to do that and, and whoever the Packers can plug next to him, uh, they may be in okay shape there. So that that's, that's kind of the injury, injury situation. In the personnel department now, and we mentioned it earlier with Justice Cleveland, uh, the Packers re-signed Joe Callahan, quarterback, to the practice squad. They had to make room somehow and released wide receiver Des Stewart to do so. Um, not exactly a huge loss considering the other rookie wide receivers they're developing, but Callahan was released by the Cleveland Browns, his his second team since departing Green Bay. You might remember, got to go back a few months now, but he was originally claimed by the New Orleans Saints only to be released by them, then went to Cleveland, released by them. So anyway, Callahan is back in Green Bay, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's great. I, I've said this a lot during training camp, during the preseason, as we got long looks at him you know, uh, it, during, you know, exhibition play. And I, I don't think Joe Callahan's going to be anything more than a backup quarterback in the NFL, but he could be a good backup quarterback. Uh, and I understand the Packers wanting him back in town and developing him. And, you know, he knows the offense. As said before, it was kind of a risk going with, you know, only two quarterbacks since they lost him, but it, it all worked out in the end and they, they got through it without any injuries at that position on the roster. So uh, I'm certainly glad to have him come back and, and be part of an offseason. Hopefully he'll take another step in his development in, in 2017 once he's around, you know, uh, during an entire offseason is being part of the whole program and the quarterback school and all those kind of things uh, should be really good for a guy like Cal Han who's young and, and it's still developing, doesn't have the huge cannon for an arm. It's all right, you know, considering his size. He's just not, you know, the the prototypical 
uh, Peyton Manning kind of quarterback or, you know, Aaron Rodgers for that matter. Um, but, you know, Joe Callahan, I, I like him. Glad to have him back. And I, I suppose that we can stop talking about a practice squad player now and and look more at, at what's at hand here, uh, although this, this show is for the diehard football fan. Um, as for a game prediction, so Packers-Texans Sunday. The Packers offense has given me hope. Um, since midseason, it seems as if they keep taking little steps each week. And, and when you start to add up four or five little steps, now they're making strides. Uh, and mostly in the passing game, uh, it seems like they're finally comfortable with who they are, kind of with, with I think, Devontae Adams emerging as the playmaker, Jordy Mel- Nelson as the possession receiver, and Randall Cobb working the slot. And then you've got Jared Cook as the tight end that can stretch the seam. And that's and all those guys in those roles, that, that's a winning combination as long as it stays that way. It's so difficult if even one of those players gets hurt and then they kind of have to retool the offense to make up for one absence and... You know, the, the replacement players don't quite live up to, you know, what the other guys offer. You know, if, when Jared Cook was hurt, you know, Richard Rodgers isn't going to be the guy who stretches the seam. And that's why I think the Packers were, you know, struggled there for, for such a stretch when they, you know, lost several games in a row and, and really kind of, you know, bogged down on offense as for lack of a better word. I know I've used that word a lot in the past few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devonte Adams, I mean, it just got to be more impressed with him by the week. I, I would say right now he's, I mean, you, you can determine these things however you want. I guess I'm calling Devonte Adams the number one wide receiver. I think he's the playmaker out there and you know what it, it is what it is. There's, the Packers themselves are not designating number one, who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. So it doesn't really matter. This is more of an outside perception than anything. Uh, I'm just calling Devontae Adams the playmaker right now, Nelson the possession guy, Cobb the slot guy. They all got the role, and it's it's working for them right now. Um, you wonder how things might change in the future, but... That that's that's in the that's next season. I mean, the Packers probably going to have to get away with this, uh, this current configuration formation for the next month that for the rest of the season through through the end of the 2016 season. And I I like it. I like it. And I sure hope they figure the running game out. I don't like the absolute reliance on James Starks the past two weeks when Ty Montgomery is waiting there in the wings, that doesn't mean I think the Packers should phase out James Starks. Uh, he's he's fine. He deserves to be out there probably the majority of the snaps at, at the running back position. position. It, it just means getting Montgomery and finally getting Christine Michael more involved. That Just this past week, what Ty Montgomery had, what, one carry? Maybe two carries, maybe? That was only one carry, and he had a few catches, but I just don't get after, you know, I think they found something 
in Montgomery, you know, when, when he was the only guy there for a while, when Starks was hurt, when Lacey was hurt, uh, it, you know, when they were having such a situation there, uh, Don Jackson is hurt. Uh, so, uh, you know, with the, they figured out Ty Montgomery, he's, he's kind of explosive there at the running back position. Let's, let's get him more than one carry. Let's get him five carries at least, at least heck if, if he's the hot hand, maybe give him more than James Starks. Even I, I just you, you wait, you wait and see kind of how the game plays out to make a decision like that. But one, that's not enough. That's that's not enough for Ty Montgomery. He he needs to have the ball in his hands more often. And and that's I'm just talking carries here. Let's let's get him the ball in his hand, whether it's carry, whether it's receiver, even more than that. You know, coming out of the backfield. He needs to be more involved. I hope the Packers have realized that. Mike McCarthy talked about it this week during his press conference. One of the big storylines this week in the run-up to the game. And I, I just don't see why on Sunday this past, you know, or Monday this past week, why why Ty Montgomery wasn't involved. All right, I think I've beaten that horse dead by now um, as far as the offense goes. Uh, but, it, you know... I, th- I think this is only going to make them more dangerous. And for any hesitation I have about the Packers defense, which I've increasingly, you know, kind of lost confidence in, I'll say this, you know, when the Packers offense is operating at peak efficiency, like they, it seemed like they were on Monday or, or close to it, at least, you know, after scoring two touchdowns on the first two possessions, they, they kind of slowed down a little bit after that. But anyway, they they were more efficient than what they've been, is I guess what I'm trying to say. And when you have an efficient offense, that just means the defense is off the field for a greater amount of time, or, or they're on the field for a lesser amount of time, however you want to, <laughs> to kind of justify that or think about that. Um, and, and I like that. Uh, I, I think that's what the, this Packers team in general needs. They need they need the offense kind of moving the chains, winning the time of possession, keeping the defense off the field, keeping them fresh. I mean, that's that's been the winning kind of combination for Mike McCarthy pretty much ever since he's been here. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, what... When they were on that losing streak of this season, that's what got away from them. And we saw it on Monday in Philadelphia come back. Efficient offense, keeping the defense off the field. And I I think this Packers defense, I don't think they're an elite defense, but they can be a good one. And it's only aided by things like that. It's, It's only going to make them better when you're not asking them to do too much. Uh, and and that's, that's what has me feeling optimistic about this game here. Uh, so I'm going with the Packers winning this game here and uh, kind of going with an odd score. I'm going like 25-21, and I just think something odd's going to happen in this game where the Packers get like 25 points, whether... You know, it's it's getting cold, and now we're seeing it across the NFL. Whether it's a miss extra point that happens, and you got to start going for two to make up for it, and maybe one of those times you don't make it, and another time you do, and 
you know, scores can get a little bit funky. It's no longer just simply multiples of seven all the time. So and there you go. 25-21 Green Bay Packers win this game. Uh, that's the prediction. First, first time I've predicted them to win in almost a month. They they, they proved me wrong on Monday, and we're, we're going for it now, especially with the, the home field advantage helps this game. And I think the Texans are a beatable opponent. This actually might seriously be one of the coldest environments the Texans have played in in franchise history. Think about that for a second, how much that's going to help the Green Bay Packers kind of being in that weekend and week out uh, practicing in that kind of environment. So that helps the Packers too. Um, But finally. The day ahead. All right. So the Packers released their final injury report of the week on Friday. You know, we'll continue to monitor the inside linebacker situation, one of the more you know, critical ones heading into uh, Sunday's matchup. But we'll also see if a player like maybe outside linebacker Kyler Fackrell has any hope of returning this week. He didn't practice on Thursday. You know, he didn't play on Monday. You know, there's there's several guys out, but I'm not holding out any hope of them returning like J.C. Treader, like T.J. Lang, Dimitri Goodson. Those guys are out. They're not coming back. Fackrell might have a chance, albeit a slim one. Hey, Head coach Mike McCarthy speaks at 9.35 a.m. Central Time. Streamed live at Packers.com. His press conference will be the last one before the game, so we'll see what he has to say on injuries, see what he has to say about the Texans game. So that's on Friday. On Saturday, the Green Bay Packers, so we're talking over the weekend here, the Green Bay Packers host their annual Festival of Lights event where they light the holiday tree in front of Lambeau Field for the first time with a little ceremony. But there's also some family-themed holiday events they do every year. They do them inside this atrium. You know, there's photo ops. There's, like, cookie and card-making workshops. Uh, You know, something, a family-oriented event, their way to give back to the community. Uh, so if you, you know, you're going to the game, you're staying in, in Lambeau Field, you're bringing the kids, it's it's something to do. Uh, it's an annual event uh, the Green Bay Packers host, their Festival of Lights event. So that's Saturday night. I think it's from 5 to 7 p.m. And, and then as far as the game on Sunday, game is at noon central time, televised on CBS. Uh, I think this is a Phil Sims game. Um so uh, that that's the game. It's also the team's annual Toys for Tots toy drive. Uh, if you're going to the game, bring a toy. You can drop it off, and it goes to a good cause. It goes to those who are a little bit less fortunate and you know may not have toys to give during the hol- upcoming holiday season. So um, do that, and yeah, enjoy the game. I'm going to be there in, in person for this one, folks. So... Uh, I, I hope to enjoy it. Uh, going to be there inside Lambeau field, uh, taking it all in and, uh, cheering the team on. So, uh, heck reach out if you're, if you're there as well and say hi. Uh, I hope to be at the, uh, Badger state brewery before the game, uh, having a drink or two before, before kickoff, before enjoying a good game. So I hope to see a win. I hope you all enjoy the game too, no matter where you are, whether you're there watching it in front of your TV. Um, We'll cheer on the Green Bay Packers to a victory. 
All right, folks, have a good Friday. Thanks for joining us here at Railbird Central. Um, my call to action, uh, trying to get you prepared a week down the road here now. Um, remember this, December 11th, we're having a watch party at the Krogville Oasis in South Central Wisconsin. Uh, it's a little bit outside of Madison, a little bit to the east, probably by a half hour. Like I've said before, you're going to have to look this one up on Google Maps to get out there because it is in the middle of a cornfield. It's a dive bar, a rural dive bar, but a good kind of one. Uh, we're going to be watching the Packers game next week there. Save the date, December 11th, inviting all Railbird Central listeners to come on out. We're going to watch the game together. Don't worry, there's no pretense here. There's no cover charge or anything like that. Uh, just inviting fans to join join and watch the game in kind of a community atmosphere and uh, have a few drinks along the way, and it's going to be a real fun time. So save the date, December 11, just a little over a week away. I hope to see you there. I think it's going to be a fun time. So. Uh, that's my call to action, and that does it for today's show of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Thanks to Justice Cleveland for being the guest on the show today. And on behalf of everyone at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kirivu. Um We'll see you later, folks. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. On Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game. Big stakes there. That should be fun, too. So have a good weekend, folks. I leave you today with this song called Nothing Too Fancy by Umphreys McGee on Sci Fidelity Records. See ya. Go, pack, go.